0: Good evening. Today is Monday, July 12th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapters are Chapter 8, Two Wives, Chapter 9, The Family afterward, and Chapter 10, Two Employers. And our speaker tonight is Victoria W. Thanks, Victoria. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Victoria W. I'm a
1: recovered compulsive overeater and insulin manipulator. I decided I wanted to share my screen tonight just to give you a little bit more insight into who who I am before I go and talk to you about the people in my life, two people as I'm going to call this section. So, um, can you guys see that? Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go yes unless somebody tells me they can't. So, this is me at my at my lowest weight in high school. It was around 90 95 pounds, um, suffering from anorexia. Um, shortly after, in college, I um gained a lot of weight and i was up to 155 i think was when i stopped weighing myself um but then i i pretty much got to the weight that i'm at now but felt terrible and that's because i um was diagnosed with diabetes about 5 years ago and that is when my disease really became un- truly unmanageable i was physically ill all the time um i was waking up blind For people who don't, you know, you shouldn't know what your blood sugar needs to be unless you like have a reason to know that, but it's supposed to be around hundred. So you can see here, this was a night when I went to the emergency room at the hospital that I worked at wearing my jacket and my badge. Some of you've heard that story trying to say, Hey, can you take me before the other people who have come in and with real, you know, emergencies? Cause they're like, but what happened to you? Well, I went to a potluck and they just looked at me like I was totally nuts. I don't know why. Um, And then this is me uh, the month before I came into OA in October, 2019, where I was manipulating my insulin and then bragging about it that, look, I'm binging, I'm going to crazy high levels, but look, I've got this under control. I have an undo button. I have this magic vial of, of stuff to inject that will let me eat more and more until it wouldn't. And then this is me, um, September of last year, which had been um, of eight months of abstinence. Um, and you can see it's a different way of looking at it, but all my numbers are much closer to a hundred. And then the most beautiful thing to me was 99% of the time in range, um, 94% for this whole month, um, of September to October. It's, it's a true miracle. I was able to keep going to work. Um, I didn't miss work every, every week, every twice a week. Um, I wasn't waking up, not being able to see, um, I wasn't feeling like my head was closing in on itself and running amok with anxiety. It was truly, it is, it remains truly miraculous. And just showing you pictures of me today, um, not that you might be able to appreciate, you know, huge numbers or, you know, from the scale, but I am so happy in these pictures. I'm do, I'm living my life. I'm not a slave to that glucose monitor anymore. And it's so freeing. Um, And that's what I've learned through this program and what I hope to share a little bit. With you tonight of in recovery, what has that been like for me, and how do okay now I've done the thing right? Like I've I've gone through <laughs> I've gone through step twelve. I've I've completed orientation. Now it's time to put this into re, you know in let's take it into gear. Um, so I do not have a spouse. I do not um, I do have a family. I don't live with them, so they're not in my physical house much of the time, um, but my relationships with all of these people. I do, I have a boyfriend that I've been with for about three years. Um, and my life has just changed completely with the way I relate to all of these humans that I, that I care for one, I can say, Oh, I love all of them so much. And I really mean it. I really mean it. You know, like they're, they didn't change, you know, they didn't, they still do the same thing. (laughs) Totally. Um, but I changed and, it's beautiful. You know, last Thursday, actually, I'd love to share with you all not not out of my pride, but just out of a testament to the miracles that can happen. I celebrated eighteen months since I harmed myself with food. And I think it's important to say that because it's not just about what I ate or what was the anger. To me, it's that I was harming myself with this substance, um with this com- compulsive behavior. And it's been a year and a half free from that by the literally, not by me, by the grace of God. And when people would say, you know, oh, congrats, you know, I, I knew what they meant. They didn't mean congrats. You're so awesome. They meant congrats. This is a miracle that you're getting to enjoy. And I said, thank you, not thank you for recognizing my greatness. Thank you for walking along this road with me and being here to help witness it. Um, so I'd like to get into the chapters a little bit, I'm going to bounce around, um, but sort of paint them with pictures of my life um, as it stands now and how to try. I try to use these principles in all my affairs. They're ideals that I strive for. I mess up and I I wake up and I try again. Um, So they say in both of these chapters, they say, you know, don't tell your husband how to drink. They say, you know, you don't need to put your family member on a pedestal. They're saying nobody needs to treat me Like, oh, we got to watch out for what Victoria is going to do next. And that might sound ridiculous, but that was literally how my boyfriend used to react. I didn't know this until I celebrated um, 12 months and shared that with him. And he said, you know, you are really different and my life is easier. I don't have to hide things when you come over. And I never knew that he did that. I never knew. It makes sense because I couldn't find this stuff as easily. But I mean, he would just hide this stuff that was for him that he doesn't have a problem with because he didn't want to be responsible for my sickness the next day or me missing work the next day or complaining for hours on end how miserable I was and where's my blood sugar gonna stop and and level out. Um, That was harming him, especially us both being healthcare workers. Can you imagine? It's like, yeah, I know this is bad for me and yet watch it happen. And again, and again, and again. And he actually had worked an overnight shift that night I went to the emergency room and he took me, mind you, this is still six months pre-program. He drove me home since I got discharged at the same time he finished his shift. He said, I don't know what to tell you, but you've got to stop doing this to yourself. And I wish that had been a wake-up call. <laughs> it was for a second. It was for a second, you know? But now it's a beautiful thing that I can, I can share this program. He knows it's important to me. He supports me. He wants me to... I... I want to say something else, but I'm just going to say, live my best life. He wants me to live my best life. Um, and he knows that this program is a way that I found it and not because, not because I lost weight or because I'm like more, um, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, like you can have your chocolate bar and I won't go steal it. He sees it just in my personality and that I'm not freaking out all the time and I'm not throwing a tantrum constantly. Um, it's amazing. And, it, and the thing is about this part of the book, it's like, my recovery is not anybody else's responsibility. I used to make my diabetes, everybody's responsibility. Hey, don't serve this at Christmas. Cause I have diabetes and compulsive overeating. I didn't know that at the time, you know, or like, Hey, how dare you order that when, you know, I shouldn't be eating that. Or I had my sister, um, I had my sister's caterer at her wedding, make me a special meal, which I think some of us in this program, we might do that. Um. But I ate the special meal, but I binged the night before her wedding and I binged directly afterwards and made myself so sick that the morning we're getting the makeup done in the chair. I texted my parents and said, LOL, can you bring me some hard boiled eggs? Cause if I eat any carbs, I'm going to have to go to the ER, LOL. I know we don't have time for that today. I mean, that is the pain that I was in of just like, let me use humor to get through this, but also how selfish. I mean, I don't have any other siblings really, I'm hopeful that my sister that will be her only wedding. And like, I can't take that moment back in time, you know, that I don't know if she remembers it that way. But I remember, wow, I'm really not here. I'm just trying to make it through today until the next moment. Um, and that's something they talk about in this chapter also, right? They talk about the fact that we need to, you know, if we have a problem in our relationship, we need to look at ourselves. So one of my resentments when I did my fourth step was my sister and I aren't close. And why is that? We've always had this, you know, not we're not estranged, but we've always just had this like we can be around each other for one day and then it gets ugly. Um, And I realized, well, I resent her. She doesn't want to be close to me. Well, guess what? My part is that I wasn't doing anything to be close with her. And now something that I try to do is to make contact with her every week um, in some form you know, whether it's on Instagram laughing at her story or, you know, whether it's something like that, or, you know, Hey, I heard your husband's working nights now that must be tough. You know, how's it going? We don't have that best friend sister relationship and that's okay. You know, but just the fact that we're able to connect and it doesn't feel like it used to be, we only talked when we were going to buy our parents a birthday present or something. And now like the fact that I realize, like, Oh, I need to look at myself not just my partner resentment, but also like if something's not going right in my relationship, what am I contributing? What am I giving? Or am I just trying to take and finding that there's not much there? Um, The other thing I really like about this chapter is it addresses, I always wonder, I heard people talk about like, you know, gossip, um, you know, gossip's bad. Gossip is, you know, um, I think it says in the 12 and 12, the, the cheap intimacy, right? And I, and also character assassination. Um, This book tells us that, okay, you're through the steps. You wanna call yourself recovered, that's great. You're not done, we're just getting started. Thank you. Um, We're just getting started. And they tell me that it's gonna take time. You know, don't be so grouchy. If people don't believe that you're changed for good all at once, right? Because I did a lot of shit. I said a lot of times I was going to change and I never did, or I did for a period of time. And then I didn't. So when I want my parents to see how amazing OA is, right. And they, I, I believe they may struggle with this illness too. I want to show you guys this. I brought pamphlets from my home meeting, because I thought maybe I'll just stick this around in the house when I visit with them, and maybe they'll read the question. Guess what? Now I'm using it as a big a bookmark in my big book because it's none of my damn business. They know I'm in OA, right? They are aware. It's all I freaking talk about <laughs> because it's a big part of my life. Um, they're really happy for me. They see that I'm not sick all the time, and they're they're they were kind of waiting for me to get religious, like they all are. So they're like, "Yeah, do it, whatever." Um, but why are you so busy? You know, they don't really <laughs> get that part. But, you know, when they're complaining about what diet they're going to go on next, and I want to, oh, I want to tell you something about how you should join OA. Guess what? They know OA exists. They know that somebody would be happy to talk to them about it. If they want to know about it, they will ask me. I, I'm saying this also just so it's recorded so that I can listen to it because I'm going to need to hear this tomorrow because <laughs> it's constantly, right? Like, I, want this thing that I have for these people that I love, but I also want them, right? I also want the validation of like, good job, Victoria. You did this awesome thing and turned your life around. And now we wanna model our lives after you. That is that is not what this is about. So that's why my pamphlet is my bookmark now. And that's, <laughs> that's where it belongs um, because this is a program of attraction rather than promotion. And I must repeat that to myself every day right like there's tons of people who want to know about the message that I can spread it to it doesn't need to be my parents um it, because the way that I would be spreading it wouldn't be the way that I think God intends me to um so that's where I'm at right now maybe that will change in the future but that's where it is right now um and I think that's a way of being loving and kind of of thinking of them rather than thinking of myself right and also it's going to take some time to clear away this wreckage that I've caused and so maybe Who knows? I don't know how God works. I also don't think I'm a superstar that needs to be like on a pedestal for everybody in my family who, who struggles with, with weight or food or whatever, but maybe they might be interested, but maybe they want to see, well, is this just another thing she said she was going to do? Right. Like she's super into it. And you know, she was super into you know, the food and then super into exercise and then super into starving. And then maybe she's super into God now. And like, who knows? We'll see what, we'll see where this goes. Um, so I, I don't know what's best for other people, but I know that I can just try to live according to these principles and that will attract the people who need this program if it's meant to be. Um, but then the other thing with sharing our stories, right? Like when we when we share our stories, it helps other people and they tell us that's an asset that we can have, you know, no matter how far down the scale we've gone. What they also tell me in this chapter in the family afterwards is they say, stick to your own stories. Don't tell other people's stories. Um, I want to tell you that I read it once and I was good with it. I'm, i I got to keep practicing. I got to keep practicing. Um, but it's important because when my boyfriend tells me, oh, I hate everyone at my job, you know, half of me wants to be like, yeah, I support you, they suck, you know, and I've never even met them. But then the other part, you know, cause I want him, I want him to feel like somebody's on his team, you know, um, the other part of me wants to go, well, do you think you have a part in this? He's not in a program. He doesn't need me, he doesn't need me to say that he's allowed to be mad. And sometimes I have to be quiet, which is very hard for me. Sometimes I'm, I'm like, God, what do I say? I, I wanna support, I don't, I don't know. Um, And sometimes what I say is, well, it sounds like they were having a bad day. I'm sorry if you got the brunt of that. But that's probably the best it's ever gone. A lot of times I have to go back and say, that was inappropriate the way I made it about you instead of what happened to you or that or, you know, I, I tried to tell you what to do in that situation. And all I really, I I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. So I just want you to know, I'm sorry that you're hurting from that. So you know, that's, that's something too. Um, <laughs> um, the last thing I want to talk about, looks like I got about five minutes left. Um, perfect. Thank you, Leslie. Um, and I know I'm hopping all over the place, but it's sort of, sort of how I do things. If you've, if you've met me <laughs> um, or talked to me on a, on a call or anything like this, but last thing I want to talk about is when I went to visit my boyfriend um, for three weeks um, at the beginning of June, I was doing a lot of service at that time. Um, not not because not trying to say that because I'm awesome. But when I'm alone by myself, I'm like, this is great. I work. The pandemic made me lonely. Away being virtual has helped me fill my time, right? It's a, it's a good thing for me. And it's a, good, it's a good way for me not to feel lonely. And it's a good way to stay strong and helping others. Um, but when I go to be with him, he works like 100 hours a week um, right now we get very limited time together. I was working remotely from there. And then there were a lot of times when he'd be like, all right, what, what time are you doing stuff today? And some days it was like, oh, I got it. I have a Swansea call at six and I have a meeting at seven. And then I'm going to do an outreach call at eight. And then I'm going to do this. And then I guess we're going to go to, bed," you know, and some days it goes like that. And it also was these, some of these things were things I committed to before I went there. you know, and he has times where I thought he was going to be free and somebody called him into the hospital. Right. So like those things happen. We're, we're good with it. But he was like, wow, you're, you're going to a lot of meetings. And I said, yeah, you know, I've been doing this. Um, he's like, you're doing a lot of program stuff. And I I thought maybe we'd have more time together since we don't have that much. And the family afterwards talks about this, how sometimes, you know, when you're break, when you've broken free from a one addiction, um, another one, might Crump, Crop up and sometimes it's being on fire spiritually. And there's this line in there that I really love. It says, Well, there's one part that says, spiritual life that doesn't include family, aka people we care about, um, we have, sorry, include those obligations may not be so perfect after all, right? So I believe truly that I've been given a second chance at living the life um, that God wants me to enjoy. And if I'm just like a obsessing my mind over, got to spread the message, got to do program, got to do steps, got to do, you know, yes, I need to do those things. Like I'm not, I don't want anybody to think I'm saying, oh, Victoria said, I don't need to do those things because I need to spend time with my family. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I think it's important to consider that sometimes getting out of balance can be harmful to people we care about the most. Um, And that's something that I'm still navigating of how to balance that. I think I think, you know what, the first step was my boyfriend opening up the door with that conversation, right? Like he doesn't talk about feelings. So that was a beautiful thing for him to feel comfortable bringing that to me. And I said, wow, you know, you're right. I feel like this work is important, but, but maybe I I could have been more considerate or maybe with the time we have left here together, maybe we can, you know, I can have some days you know, this day I don't have a meeting, so I won't put a sponsee call there. Like I'll just, you know, I'll draw a line and then we can spend some time together. Or one day we went snorkeling. I had my, I was away from my phone the entire time, you know, so I did have some missed calls, but you know what? We had an awesome time. We had an awesome time. So those are things I'm learning as I go, as I continue to go through this program. Right. Um, and I'm, I don't know today, sometimes I'm in a really crappy mood today. I'm just in an awesome mood. You guys, like I woke up feeling so grateful. And I wish I could tell you like, Oh, it was this one thing that was too, I just woke up just like, woo, feeling good. So I'm riding that out. I love the line where they said it's okay to keep our head in the clouds, but we prefer I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but our feet need to be planted on earth, right? Like planted on the ground. And I think with my last minute, that's what I want to share is that I don't know how to keep my head in the clouds and my feet on the ground with this fire that I believe my higher power has given me. And I want to share and like, I want to um, try to emulate those ideals. Right. But I don't I don't know how to balance that with like staying on earth sometimes and doing, you know, and working my nine to five job and, you know, somebody saying like, oh, can I, can I call you for outreach? And I'm like, well, I'm not, work's not busy, but like, I'm technically working. And like, I've had to reevaluate, like, no, I am working at this time. And that's something that for me has been really monumental. And I look forward to how God might show me more of that in the future. Um, I'm sure there will be more to be revealed as always, but with that,
0: I will pass. I'd love to hear what other people have to share. Thank you. Thank you so much, Victoria. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapters that were being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up.
2: Okay, I raised my hand because I didn't see any other ones. Um, but Emily D you, if you'd like to go ahead. No, go ahead, Michelle. Okay, so I'm Michelle Oh, I'm a compulsive overeater bulimic. Um, happy to be here. Thank you so much, Victoria. You're so lovely. I'm glad you're having a good day. <laughs> um, I have a controversial question about uh, this chapter. So. Um, I've really, I've heard so many people and fellows in program who speak with a lot of wisdom about not pushing the program on others, attraction, not promotion. And yet I have this little voice in my head that you know, I'm thinking about Abby and I'm thinking about Bill's story. And I wonder where that fits in with this notion of attraction, not, not promotion and, um, just, I, I truly understand. I mean, I think you said it really well in terms of that might not be helpful if I said it to my parents or something like that. Um, but I'd love if you could share more about balancing that line between um, not being reformers and not shoving something down people's throat, but also carrying the message.
1: Thank you, Michelle, for that question. Um, I am sure that... <laughs> you know, like you could ask a hundred different people that question and you might get a hundred different answers. For me, I don't think for me, it is not a secret that I'm in OA, right? Like I, I have, for me, I have agency over my own anonymity, right? Like I'm not outing myself. Like I get to decide who I want to share that with. For me, I struggle I have defects that want me to be very self-centered, want to be in the center of thing, want me to be right, want me to have the best idea. And because of that, I'm re- even as we're talking, I'm realizing more and more things that I've done that I'm like, mm, probably that, that was motivated by pride and not necessarily helping somebody. And so I think for me, I'm learning to be quieter. I think that's something I need to continue to practice at appropriate moments. If somebody says to me, I mean, my boss told me, okay, I'm going to share this. Cause I think um, somebody actually on a phone call told me share this in a meeting. <laughs> so I'm going to do it. They told me, they said, my, my boss said, I've noticed you're not sick as much anymore. This is a couple months in. And I said, something in me was like, don't tell her it's not really her business. And I just kind of word vomit. I just said, you know, well, I actually joined this program, like this 12 step program for binge eating. Um, And she, my boss, I thought I was revealing some huge secret. Right. And my boss was like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) What do you mean that makes sense? Um, And she's sorry, we're getting a little off topic, but she said, she said, um, yeah, I used to watch you. Like when we'd have people, baby showers or we'd have food for like a, a company coming in and talking to us. And just watched you and something wasn't right. The way you just, the way you ate stuff, it just wasn't right. I'm so embarrassed, right? Like I thought I had this huge secret and she was like, but I noticed you're not as sick as much. So that is a time where somebody has like brought it up to me. I don't know their interest level, but if I'm comfortable disclosing that, then I feel like it's appropriate. I've also had people who said, I've also had friends who said, I can't stop eating the like dry tuna fish mix-ins like in a box. And I said, well, I don't know what your experience is, but I am in Overeaters Anonymous. If you ever want to talk about it or learn more, like, let me know. Um, And I said, they have a website. It's like OA.org. They have a a quiz. I, I didn't want to go. And then I took that little quiz on the website and realized, oh, I'm checking like all these boxes. So sometimes I'll say something like that. When it, my family knows, they know I'm in OA. At the beginning, my mom was like, Ooh, I'm really interested in this. Cause right. It was that diet mentality. She was like, Oh, I see what you're doing. Looking at ingredients. I I think that's a great idea. And you know, she was like, I looked it up. My my mom told me, well, I've eaten something out of the trash can once. And I said, I wanted to be like, we are soul sisters, mom. Like we have this thing. Thank you, Leslie. (laughs) You know, I, that's what I wanted, but yeah, like now it's uncomfortable, but I have to turn it over. I have to go, Ooh, what it, What is my fear that I'm not going to get enough praise, like that. I'm not going to save my family. That's not my job, you know? So for me, it has to do more with motivation. I hope that was a good way of answering with lots of stories. So thanks. (laughs)
2: Thanks Victoria. Okay. Next hand is Emily D.
3: Thanks Michelle. And thank you for your service to Monday and Victoria. Thank you for, I'm on fire for, I mean, I could have given you three more minutes. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to share, but you know, I, my, what I heard, I took a lot of notes, but what I heard was my, my recovery isn't anyone's responsibility. And we've just gotten, you know, finished reading, working with others. And like the truth of the matter being that like, we don't need anyone else to be recovered. We need to trust God and clean house. Like those are the two sort of central things we need to do. But I, God, you know, it's not about the food for me today. It is about the feelings and it is about emotional sort of, I don't know about emotional sobriety, but at least like letting it out to let it go. And I heard a lot of freedom in what you shared around the emotions that I'm, you know, inevitably come up when we're in relationship. And I, you know, in the pandemic, I was just having this thought the other day that like I've had so much control over my, like my, um, my ecosystem. Um, Like, you know, barometric pressure is this, the humidity is this, like I've been able to really, and I can say that that's been a, like a nice container for me to get recovered and it has been. And as the world's reopening, like I, I feel a lot because I'm in community with people, but what I want is to be in community with people. I want intimacy. I want connection. And that's like, that's the stuff that, you know, also has me feeling out of control. So I hear when you talk about your relationships, like knowing, like having a right-sized role with, you know, saying what you need. And this program has taught me so much about saying what I need and then shutting up because people heard me, whoever I told heard me, I do not have to continue to read the liturgy and like, here's the thesis on all of the things. And like, continue, you know, the pamphlets, I love that because I don't think people heard me. I think it's, you know, people, people did hear me. They're choosing not to do something. And then guess what? I have another choice. I can do so. like now I now it's back in my court, you know, and the other thing um, that I really love that you shared is like you had this long list. You didn't say this necessarily, but like this long list of things you want, you know, from this other person. And it's like, what about me? Like, what am I bringing? Like, what am I offering? How am I the light? You know, and I think that's such a such a radical thought. And I'm so excited for all the relationships that I'll continue to build from this place of like for the first time in my life, you know, really like like owning my stuff. So thank you for being such a model of that
2: and a great share, thank you. Our next share is gonna be from Susan G. Um, please raise your hands guys. Uh, we have plenty of time for more shares. Hi, I'm Susan,
4: Recovered Compulsive overeater. Thank you, Victoria, for your share. Um, You know, when I first started reading this book, I didn't like any of these chapters at all. I didn't like the way they were written. They didn't relate to me. I'm not a housewife in the 1940s. I'm not a housewife now. And then as I uncovered, discovered, discarded all my opinions, there is so much in here that I really, really enjoy. And one of my favorite lines in here, there's many, but in page 123, it says, Though old buildings will eventually be replaced by finer ones, the new structures will take years to complete. So what that tells me is all of my relationships, right, they're going to be restored to sanity. I'm going to continue. I'm going to improve. I'm going to seek a relationship. You know, if we had to redo the ceiling at the Sistine Chapel, right, there'd be hundreds of us up there for years. And you'd all go, what have you been doing, right? You've only painted the corner of an angel's wing, But that's how long restoration takes. And when I was doing work just to lose weight, I wanted it instantaneously. And I paid you a lot of money, so you better give me results really, really quickly. Um, And, you know, we're all members of families, whether we see them a lot or we don't. And I don't see mine a lot. But this weekend, you know, we had a lot of phone conversations because my nephew you know, partied a little hard and got a little sick, you can guess with what, and we all went a little nutty, um, including myself, because why doesn't he listen? Because he's 21 and I didn't listen at that age, right? And it reminds me here, when resentful thoughts come on page 119, try to pause and count your blessings, right? Pause, God is in the pause. And it reminds me of this on page 100, to put myself into God's hands, it says, follow the dictates of a higher power and you'll presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. So those things don't come into it. it, says live and let live is the rule. I, I don't do that perfectly at all. But thank goodness you told me in the beginning that all like Jennifer, stop laughing, all I had to do was take step one, 100%. The rest isn't just a chant I hear in a meeting, progress, not perfection. It says it's spiritual progress, not perfection. So it's not a tagline. And you know. then it goes on to tell me that I, especially in the family afterward, there's a lot in here that I definitely like. So that line about the buildings, I was marking all my pages as I was going along. Um, And then it talks about how you talked about giving out the pamphlets, like I'm not doing people a favor by keeping on them, right? Frothy emotional appeal, all the things that people asked me, why can't you stop? You're so pretty, if this, or you could date him, you could get that job, blah, blah, blah. It didn't work, right? So I have to be a silent messenger. It's really, really hard to do that. Um, and, it, you know, a lot into employers is interesting because, of course, today we're regulated by HIPAA and different rules that we couldn't do, right? Oh, well, that's it? Okay. Had a lot more to tell you another time. It's all in the book. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Susan. Okay. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares with